So to recap on what we've been doing so far and to continue deepening and working with uh, the practice today, beginning with this, if you remember, uh, when we began a few days ago with a suggestion to, to train attention with a quality of with an attitude of uh, gentleness, kindliness, perseverance, beginning again in every moment. Uh, This training of attention to withdraw from the preoccupations, the worries, the concerns, the ambitions, the projects, the aims, the longing, the regret, the disappointment, the grief for the world (laughs) and anything else. Uh, the, uh, so the mind often is preoccupied along the pathways of uh, what's uh, the echoes from, from um, the impact of what's gone before, which is natural enough. We have this way of being preoccupied, chewing over. Um, it's like something one's eaten, eaten and it keeps repeating sometimes, isn't it? You have... have uh, experiences, relationships, dynamics, and it comes, you know, things come up again, echoes from the past, and uh, we find ourselves being drawn there. Um, and then, or the sense of being pushed into the future, what's going to happen, anxieties perhaps, um, uh, plans, projects, aims, ambitions, and so on all natural enough, all the sort of natural pathways of the thinking mind. Um, and if we're not engaged there, sometimes just going into more of this, the soup experience, um, which perhaps also connected with sometimes underlying feeling tones that haven't been very conscious to us in our daily life, but then when we sit, they can come more, become more vivid. So it's easy for, for us to, to have this feeling of, of just being washed by the currents of, of the mind uh, and coupled with some difficulty or reactivity around um, sensation of being embodied. Being embodied, our experience of embodiment is often not a, a particularly pleasant one can be quite painful, um, patterns of disassociation, disconnect, dreamlike states, um, you know, un- discomfort. So this, all these currents, we can find ourselves just sort of washed by these currents. And uh, Kitty Sorrow yesterday in his talk in the morning gave the analogy from Ajahn Lee, the Thai forest master who was particularly known for his skill in the samadhi. Uh, His analogy of the bridge, uh, uh, um, crossing a bridge from one shore to another, it's a Buddhist analogy, but the the supports for the bridge, placing the supports for the bridge on the near and the far bank, um, putting a support when you make a bridge. I don't know, I've never made a bridge, but I, I imagine if you're an engineer, it's easier to, to plunge a support for a structure like a bridge into the earth that you can see. 
but to, to plunge a support or a pillar through a, a fast-moving river, uh, that's, that's, I imagine, more challenging. And so this analogy for this part of the path, this part of the practice of plunging a pillar through the currents of the mind, the attention, training of attentiveness, mindfulness being that pillar, plunging that through uh, the currents of the mind or gently, uh, persistently encouraging the pillar which is presence, being here present and connecting our attention to what is actually here rather than what should be here, but what is actually here. Um, and uh, allowing, you know, that practice is the steadying, the beginning to steady and find some ground in the midst of this flow and the current and the sweeping and the, and the, uh, and the push and the pull that uh, gives us the sense of, the, of that lack of stability, lack of grounding. And it's not, not easy because we're directly um, going against the habits that we just drift along in. So this uh, patient work, starting again, um, every moment presents an opportunity to begin again with this patient work of, you remember also yesterday morning, Kitty Sarr introduced the teaching of uh, a support structure, um, a template that can help us um, do this work of bringing the pillar through the currents of the mind, steadying attentiveness through the currents of, the, of our habits. And this was the template of the cultivation of what's called the five jhana factors. Jhana meaning uh, absorption or focus or gatheredness, concentration, this kind of meaning, stability, steadiness. So the, the, uh, this first, we've been actually cultivating this first one of withdrawing attention from its preoccupations to, to steady it on what is here, here and now. This first one, this first factor called um, vitaka, vitaka, which means to direct attention, to encourage attention, and to give it a, attention, an object to, to dwell upon or to connect with. So rather than attention just being drifting, going here, going there, we actually give attention, this capacity for attentiveness, we give an object um, for the sake of this steadying, for the sake of this uh, stability, for the sake of this gathering of the energies of body, heart and mind. Gathering within awareness, within this quality of presence, so this, the, the, we use the question, how is it now, as a vitaka, as a direct, a thought that directs attention, which is, a, is a, an invitation, opening, uh, opening us into an inquiry, how is it now? How is it now? And even this is quite challenging, <laughs> to be with how it is now. Um, 
usually we can feel like, oh God, <laughs> it's not great to be with how it is, or often there's a very profound conditioning, often not very conscious to us, but, but a sort of subtext that plays out that it's never quite how it should be. So it always should be a little bit different than how it is now. And if that, if that pattern of mind or that assumption of mind is not conscious to us, then we're very driven by that, looking for how it should be. And we've been fed many images and suggestions, consciously, unconsciously, about how it should be, how human life should be. We have these ideals very powerfully conveyed to us, internalized, that undermine and diminish the possibility for any well-being, any connectedness, any authenticity in relationship to how it actually is because of this uh, sabotaging voice that's perhaps not even conscious to us that communicates a sense of it's never quite how it should be. It's, it should be, or we, shouldn't, we are never quite how we should be. You know, I should be different, or family should be different, retreat should be a bit different, body should be different, what I'm feeling should be otherwise. Uh, so we project this, this should be otherwise onto ourselves, onto the moment, onto relationship, and it disconnects, it has this disconnect, connecting effect, discontent. Once when uh, one of our friends who was uh, a monk in the early years of his monastic life in Thailand, uh, he had a situation where he had to go into hospital in Bangkok to have operations on his knees because of an old injury he had when he was a teenager from an accident on a motorbike. And the very thing that's the most challenging for a serious practitioner like a, like a, a Thai forest monk is to have something wrong with your knees because the whole lifestyle is dependent upon sitting cross-legged for hours through meditations, through ceremonies, and sitting on concrete floors, and so on. So he felt very, very depressed about this situation because he didn't know whether he'd be able to sit cross-legged anymore after this opera- these operations. And while he was in hospital with his legs strung up in plaster, recovering, bandages, whatever, Ajahn Chah came to visit him. He came in and came up to his bedside and said, how are you doing? And he went, Ajahn Chah, it shouldn't be like this. <laughs> And Ajahn Chah leaned over to him and said, well, if it shouldn't be like this, it wouldn't be like this. (laughs) If it shouldn't be like this, it wouldn't be like this. So these simple simple wisdom to align ourselves with reality, however boring it might appear to us initially, or as... Jen Sumedho, Western teacher in the forest school, would say often, this is how it is. Now, here and now, this is what we're working with, here and now. 
not how it should be. It's not, we're not in some deep absorbed state of fourth jhana, non-perception, perception or non-perception state of nothingness. That the Buddha sounded so tantalizing. Don't feel, <laughs> don't think. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you just feel really grumpy. <laughs> and this is how it is. So this vitaka is directing attention to apprehend and engage the question, how is it now, with what is actually, what are we going to be working with in this sitting, in this moment, during the day? And there's something very compassionate about that, you know, to relinquish our agenda of how it should be, how we should be. It's like a softening, it's like, you know, just, it's like when you, you get into a bath and it's a bit too hot and you go, oh, you know, you put a bit of cold water, maybe just soften into the moment and then just relax into the tub. So in a retreat, we're, <laughs> we're all like, oh, <laughs> and just relaxing into this is how it is. This is a retreat, you know, it's not perfect, is it? It's, you know, it's not. A lot to do. This is all, you know, there's not a lot on offer. <laughs> it's eyeball to eyeball, as Kirisa was saying, with our karma, the momentum of our mind. There's not a lot of distraction. This is the group, this is the teachers. You know, it's not maybe a lot of pizzazz. Uh, it's people wandering in and out a little bit, not quite on time, or coughing and sneezing, or someone snoring, or you know, someone a bit slow or in the uptake of getting their food and having to wait or, you know, there's all these kind of little things that is life. So this vitaka, the first jhana factor, bringing attention to how it is again and again, how the body is, with its aches and pains and, you know, a bit more compassionate, how can I get rid of this pain quickly? Can meditation do it for me? <laughs> Give me the magic pill. <laughs> Please, let me do the mindfulness-based stress reduction. <laughs> you know, will that do it? <laughs> yeah, it will, all, it will all do something, but, you know, this is we're working with how it is. It's not going to be perfect according to our ideal. It is perfect, actually, but not according to our ideals. So. so we're working with the body. You know, it's, it's got its limitations. It's got its feeling tones. It's a slower rhythm. It's, it's digesting the momentum of our life. It's a conduit for feeling, for sensation. It's not comfortable, necessarily. It, has aches and pains, energetic blocks, it has injury, tensions, it's aging for some of us. So steadying this, plunging the, the pillar through the current of what is steadying attention by connecting, steadying, bringing first of all attention to how it is. And then steadying this, uh, the use of uh, a vitaka can be a thought, like how is it now? Or it can be a mantra, peacefully breathing in. 
guiding the breath with attention with the body peacefully breathing out if you want to use a mantra and haven't got one a very good one a very ancient one it's just the the word for awake or presence buddho b-u-d-d-h-o one can use it with the breath breathing in bud breathing out to is a vitaka guiding using thought thought isn't an enemy thought supports attention to guide attention here connecting and then this second jhana factor vichara which is to, to once you've brought attention in for this object of attention that we're working with is breath and body sensation today once we've brought attention to how is it now staying connected, being able to stay connected with how it is, being interested. So this vijara, Kenisara talked about it as the yin, the yang is the directing attention, the vichara is the receptive. Can we receive our experience? Can awareness receive the body, the breath? sensation, feeling tone. This is an art in and of itself. Again, culturally, there's a lot of, there's a lot of yang. Uh, We use a lot of yang energy to get done what we need to get done, to move through life. The culture is one where it's, it's getting things done, accomplishing to use a certain amount of will, a certain amount of ability to direct attention, very powerfully developed. So it's just the directing attention which enables us to move through life, but the receptive side, to really feel the result of what's done, um, to receive, to, to a subtler way of opening the mind to, to listen into, to, to savor the quality of what's present. Either in terms of our meditation or in relationship or in our activity, this isn't quite so well developed. So developing that capacity, bringing attention, but to really, can we really listen in listening inwardly to our being, to feeling tone, to sensation, to breath, to the the heart itself, the moods, the thought forms. Not being washed away, not being resistant, but being able to steady, stay steady in our listening. So, being with the breath, receiving the breath, receiving the breath energy, receiving the body.
This leading to the next two jhana factors, piti sukha, so party terms, as we're more fully able to be more with how our experience is, the feeling of the breath, the feeling of the body, sensation, then what becomes apparent to us is this experience of being filled with awareness, the body, the breath, the jitta, the heart, it becomes full, full of presence, full of awareness, full of the quality of attentiveness. There's an engagement, there's there's an interest, there's a savoring, and this in and of itself can be pleasing, experienced as that which is pleasing. The feeling of contentment, pleasure, and even if there's painful sensation, even if we bring attention, we're here and we notice this isn't, this isn't a pleasant sensation, actually. You know, we bring attention here is not that pleasant, and actually even allowing ourselves to stay connected. It's not so much necessarily the quality of sensation, because that can be very changeable, but it's the quality of connectedness. The reality, it's a connection, begins to connect us with reality, the reality and the, and the power of awareness, presence. And that is very, very pleasurable. It's a feeling of fullness, contentment. It begins to diminish the tendency for the mind to sort of scan the world, inner world of memory, the outer world of perception and sensory experience for something to fill us up with, something that we need, something we haven't got yet. We can begin to get maybe a sense or or even a few moments of the the experience of fullness that can emerge from the, the jitta, from the heart itself, from awareness itself which has a quality of luminosity or brightness. Connected with these middle factors we can train in is this suggestion of easefulness, the, the sukha, which means the samadhi or the gathering of our energies of body, heart and mind it's connected with the capacity to dwell easefully, to relax within the moment, relaxing within the sitting, within the walking, within the standing in line, within the eating. You know, we, we uh, go to great lengths in our culture to bring about the experience of basically samadhi, well-being, gatheredness, sense of fullness, a sense of being in the moment, a sense of ease. But we can actually learn this, these skills that bring that about. We can patiently, little by little, and the, the key is really to sustain attentiveness with how it is, patiently and kindly following a pathway of the breath, three breaths, listening to the wind, (coughs) 
not just the tendency, the habit to run out and look for the next sensation, but receiving, it's like receiving, receptive. Feeling where does sensation land, feeling the quality of beingness, awareness, where things land. Feeling into that, the heart. Not so much emotional heart, but the heart as awareness, as being. So as the uh, begins to allow integration of our energies, mental, some subsidence of the the, the uh, busyness of the thinking mind, the mental energy can calm. It's this. This meditation is called calming meditation, calming bodily energies, even if uncomfortable, begin to be suffused. The body begins to be suffused with this quality of awareness, of presence, attentiveness, breath energy. The breath suffuses in the body, feel the subtle breath energy through the body. The body begins to be gathered into awareness, into presence. It begins to feel a sense of, of unification. This is a template. So, you know, it's the, the fruit of unification arises. We can't, we can't force that. The fruit arises naturally, organically, but what we can do is put the factors or the path activity in place to bring that fruit about. So little by little today, again, repetitive. I was saying in the chanting this morning, this practice is repetitive. Again and again, just how is it now? Guiding attention, breathing in, mantra if that's helpful, but Feeling the breath energy through the body, breathing out, relaxing through the body on the out breath. The next breath. And just this willingness to relax with sensation, pleasant or unpleasant. With some gatheredness, some stability. Last night, Kitty Saro mentioned two very important energies that we can begin to reflect on. The, the feeling that can come up, uh, that can, can pull us, that what pulls us out of being centered, being grounded. Feeling of, of this, this movement of wanting, desire, moving out to something, the next thing or it's opposite the experience of resistance, aversion, irritation, dullness, 
These are these primary energies that, that constantly pull and push us out of a, a quality of groundedness, this samadhi, this gatheredness. So in, uh, in our practice, we can reflect on those as we bring attention, we can just notice. We can notice rather than being, you know, being swept or shaped, we can just notice, ah, oh, this is a moment of wanting. I want to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> you know, back in bed or somewhere, I don't know. You know, where do you want to be? <laughs> so it's very, it's very, it's, it's, it's not to say that that energy doesn't have some uh, um, some wisdom or importance or value in it, and we can look at that later. But to consciously illuminate the feeling of wanting is very enlightening, actually rather than being driven by it, it's constantly your mind's wanting something that's not here. In, in meditation it might be we want to be more peaceful, or that meditation that happened the last time, or we want the mind to calm down, or we, we want, uh, you know, some... Uh, that, what's that? Ikakata, the jitikakata, the unified unification, <laughs> fifth jhana, or whatever. We want, you know, it's just we want want to absorb into some sensory experience. Anything but be here. So moments of just being able to name that just as wanting, rather than feeling we have to to move with it or struggle with it or judge it. It's just that much. This is desire. It's desire. We're not judging it. Uh, we're just noticing, or it's opposite, the, the feeling of not wanting, resistance, dullness, uh, irritation, uh, not wanting to be here, not wanting the unpleasant feeling in the body. So we can actually notice that. The moments of just noticing that. Wanting, not wanting. And in the, the sutta that Kilisara read from last night, the Arrow Sutta, very, very helpful. Rather than being caught up, we can actually notice how, where do we feel that in the body? Where do we feel? You know, as we steady tension with the breath, how does that feel? Can we notice pleasant, unpleasant? Usually it's connected with the sensation of pleasant or unpleasant. Desire for the pleasant, peaceful, even if that's a desire for, for sleep, not being conscious, and resistance to what we experience or what we name as unpleasant. So being able to withstand and stay steady with that which we might feel is unpleasant, being able to withstand the pressure of the mind that wants to move out into something else. And one way we can really withstand and help stand steady in the face of those two powerful energies so we can contemplate them is this practice of being able to just know this is unpleasant sensation or this is pleasant sensation. 
And is it? Is it unpleasant or is it pleasant? We name it like that, but just to really observe what is the sensation, what is the feeling? So today, patiently beginning again, each moment. How is it now? Coming into contact, receiving what is here now. Feeling the breath, the sensation of sitting, the sounds, the mood, the feeling in the heart. Just receiving how it is now. And gently guiding attention to to stabilize, guiding attention with the breath. We're feeling the inhalation, you can feel the sensation of the inhalation in the breath, through the body, the exhalation. But also in that breath, as we're with the breath, we're also allowing ourselves to feel the body. So the breath energy is not divorced from the body, it is through the whole of the body, as subtle vibration, as movement, as pressure, as flow. just allowing the attention just to rest, maybe with the flow of the breath, it might rest with the sound of the wind, it might rest with the sensation in the overall sensation of the body, or it might rest in a particular area of the body, but we just allow attention to rest with something that's actually present, that we can experience, that we can feel, that we can know, that we can cognize and then staying there. Relaxing into what is, how it is. Softening through the body as we relax through the face, the shoulders, the belly. As we present, we notice that which is aware, awareness, that which is knowing, that which is awake, is present, that can feel the movement of the breath, that can receive the sensation of the body, that can hear sound.
when the feeling of wanting or not wanting arises, we can simply just know it as that. Know it as feeling, as mental activity, as sensation. Withstanding the pressure of needing to act or deny what's present through returning gently to this steadiness of attentiveness here and now, focused within the breath, focused within the body.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.